We're back with BetMGM tonight on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Chase Kitty stays with us another segment, host of the Lions Edge podcast. We've gone through the NFC East. We've gone through the NFC North. Uh, there's a lot of Falcons lovers certainly on this show uh, right now, though. Dude, you know, the dirty bird. Yeah, although at least, at least Chase right is reasonable about the Falcons' future versus you and your crazy scenario of the Cowboys making a Super Bowl, which is just nuts. No, no, no. Cowboys got a better shot at winning the Super Bowl, I think, than Atlanta. But well, I yes, do, that I, would be the case. I like Atlanta's win total. I like Dallas maybe a little bit more than most. I think it's going to be a nice year for the big guy, Mike McCarthy. I think it's going to be a huge year for Dak Prescott. I like the under on his interceptions. I think he limits those this season. He's he's heard the slander all offseason long. Yeah. You can hear the slander, but if you can't actually throw a good pass, then it just doesn't change at all. So. Dak might be the best quarterback in the NFL. All right. now See, now he's just tro- Chase, save us from this madness. We've seen Jalen for one year. This is what I have to deal with. The, he, knows, he knows he's crazy saying this, but he does it anyway, and that's fine. So go ahead. Dak Prescott will throw double-digit interceptions this year. I promise you. All right. Give us another one of your 20 NFL futures that you have. All right. Uh, this is maybe my favorite one, but it's it's not super actionable for a lot of people, unfortunately. Uh, I love the Raiders to miss the playoffs at minus 550, which is ridiculous and <laughs> chalky. But what is the path for this team to be one of the best seven teams in the AFC? There's like 12 teams that are definitely better than them in the AFC. The AFC is so crowded, right? It, I mean, it's basically the entire AFC North. It's most of the AFC East. They're clearly the worst team in the AFC West. The Broncos are better than them. The Chiefs are better than them. The Chargers are better than them. So, I mean, they might even be half decent, though I I am suspicious of any team at this point that has old Jimmy Garoppolo uh, suiting up for another season. I just feel like the implied odds of this, which is something I always try to think about when I'm evaluating a future, the implied odds of a minus 550 bet is that it has a 5-6 in chance a five and six chance of happening. This should be on implied odds like minus 2,000. This should be the Cardinals making the playoffs just because of how bad they are, but more so how much traffic's in front of them. So I get that a lot of people don't want to go stack a bunch of money on a minus 550 future. It's not worth the payoff. But if you're somebody who's going to a physical property to bet and you're planning to take like maybe a couple stacks of, of dollar bills... This is maybe a little bit more of an interesting future to bet, where you put your money in there. I don't know many stock. Uh, I don't know many stocks that are going to give you fifteen or sixteen percent return on uh, a four-month turnaround. Uh, it, it is crazy thinking about what this Raiders team could potentially be, although Aiden O'Connell looks pretty good. If they bench uh, Jimmy Garoppolo halfway through the season, it may ruin everything, and Aiden O'Connell becomes this hero that takes him to the play. Okay, I don't think that's going to happen. That's my guy. I actually did bet them to have the worst record in the NFL. I think it was like 12-1, to 1, somewhere around then, and the Colts at 14-1. to 1. So I, I feel like that can be the worst case for them is like a complete tank job where they just decide, you know what, Garoppolo's hurt, this thing isn't working, and they trade you know, Devontae Adams and Max Crosby, and they just let that thing totally just bottom out too. Yeah, I, and I'll give you, a, I'll give you another um, like bad NFL future. I, you know, there's all these weird exotics at BetMGM that you can go look at on the futures page, and there's one that says which team will score the fewest points this season. And I was kind of looking at the Raiders, but I was a little interested. I went back to 2022, and I was looking at the teams that don't score a lot of points. Uh, so it's it was like the Colts and the Broncos and the Jets and a bunch of teams that made dramatic upgrades 
to their offenses this past offseason. Well, the fifth worst team was the Titans. The Titans didn't really do anything to upgrade their offense this offseason. They're like 12 to 1 to be the lowest scoring offense this year. And I, I thought, you know, th- there's a separate case you could make that the Titans are really undervalued in the AFC South and that we're way too high on the Jags when really all they did was have a crazy comeback and a strong second half to one season. But I think I'd rather, instead of betting on the Titans, bet on them to be an awful offense that's not very effective at 12 to 1. Mm-hmm. All right, throw another one. I like these. Just keep cooking. <laughs> just keep just keep going. Uh, yeah. Let me go to my list here because I'm, I'm I'm running out of space in my uh, in my brain. And I do want to talk week zero with you guys before we go here. Go uh, Rams over six and a half wins. I just think. I mean, are are we yeah. sure they're automatically bad now? Like definitely, just because they were really injured last year. Cooper Thank Cup you. maybe gets healthy again. Stafford gets healthy again. We're still talking about Sean McVay. I think this team has a high floor, even if it has you know some front office contract kind of stuff that it's now working through because of how it mortgaged its future for the Super Bowl run. So I think there's a there's a chance that they're bad, but not like awful. And I think over six and a half is pretty reasonable. I'd take a shot with the Seahawks to win that division. I think the 49ers are the other obvious NFC negative regression candidate. You're not going to have just an undefeated crazy run with Brock Purdy for the you know duration of a whole season. So I would take a shot on the Seahawks to win the NFC West at plus 195. I would take a shot. I would definitely take a shot with the Seahawks to make the playoffs at minus 120. Uh, they feel like a definite contender in that NFC middle class too. If they don't win the division, then definitely secure one of those wild card berths. Seattle is so complicated to me because, like, you've you've got a team, you certainly have that talent, but then you still wonder, like, what is Geno Smith going to look like this year? Is he going to? Is there going to be regression? Is he going to look similar to last year? When you obviously, if if you're betting on Seattle to make the playoffs, I assume in your mind that you expect Geno Smith to at least be close to where he was last year, which was 30 touchdowns and 4,200 yards passing. Yeah, I mean, you're talking to the president of the Geno Smith fan club, so it's like, I mean, I'm, I'm not even close to unbiased on this. I just, I, I've made this case before, but like to, to run back through it, this is kind of what he was supposed to be when he got drafted. He was supposed to be like a back end of the first round pick, and he was going to be good, but it was a historically weak quarterback class. He falls into the second round. He gets picked by the Jets, who have an awful offense he gets punched in the face. He falls out with his team, and he just kind of drifts into irrelevance. And last year when everybody was like, oh, who's going to play quarterback in Seattle this year with Russell Wilson gone? We don't know. I'm like, it's going to be Geno Smith. It's definitely going to be Geno Smith. And he's he was really good. I didn't think he was going to be that good, but I thought he was going to be really good. And I think he'll continue to do this for relatively cheap uh, and be like – above average quarterback in a light NFC and that makes Seattle really interesting in futures markets because of the financial advantage they have. All right, Chase, time to get to good uh get to the good stuff. 3 days, 16 hours, 31 minutes, 58 <laughs> seconds away from week 0. We open up with Navy Notre Dame down to 20 and a half. Notre Dame uh total in that game 50 and a half. What do you like week 0? What are you looking at? All right, so number 1 I I think I even heard you say it earlier. UTEP minus one is crazy good value. I mean, they, they, I bought them to win conference USA at like 10 to one. So did I, let's talk. Yeah. I I love them. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, great offensive line. They, I mean, they, they were, I think five and seven last year, but were like 
net average plus 55 yards over their opponents. So just kind of weird and unlucky and due for big time positive regression. Jacksonville State, I've covered FCS football. Like before I worked for BetMGM, that was my job. Jacksonville State is the most paper tiger FCS team ever. And now obviously they're not going to be an FCS team anymore, but it's relevant who they were in FCS because their record was always way better than they were. And then they would get into the playoffs and they'd get smashed pretty much every year. Uh, they have a quarterback uh, who I think is about as old as I am. I think his career at Jacksonville State as a quarterback is older than my career as a sports writer. I'm not kidding. I think he's 25. Gavin um, Big Game Hardison, we call him around here. <laughs> so, I mean, so they have <laughs> they have that going for him, at least. It's, it's, he's basically FCS Stetson Bennett. I mean, it's really what it is. But, I mean, Jacksonville State, they're so undersized on the defensive line. I think UTEP's uh, going to run all over them. I love UTEP minus one. I would take an alt if you can find it. Uh, I, I'm not betting it, but I love the fact that FIU at Louisiana Tech is a week zero conference game. Like, just incredible. I'd take the points with FIU if I had to, but I'm just more interested in that as a curiosity. You're Irish, Ryan. Yeah, is yeah, what do you think? Is this the most – is this – so I, I would I would take – I would take Notre Dame. I would lay the points if, if I'm getting involved. Is this the most more interesting than the point spread, I think? Is this the most lopsided international fan base we have ever seen or will ever see? It is the U.S. military abroad against the Notre Dame <laughs> fighting Irish <laughs> yeah, I've in seen the, I've seen the airport Ireland. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. I've seen the airport. Um, yeah. See, and, and that's the thing, man. Like, let me get back to 22, 22 and a half, and I like, I like Navy because I don't think Notre Dame's going to look to run up the score. I don't think they're going to want to beat a service academy team by four scores. I don't know, though, man. Like, this is going to be the best offensive line Sam Hartman's ever played behind. And I don't love the skill position. I mean, I don't love the offense. And Tommy Reese did bolt last minute. But I don't know. 20, 20 and a half, they should win this game by three touchdowns. You'd lay it with Notre Dame? I would. I think... I mean, you probably watched more Notre Dame than me and most people last year as, as a Notre Dame guy. But the variance on the team last year was so high. Like, they they lose at home to Marshall, and Marshall was better than people probably realize. But they lose at home some games they shouldn't have. But they also, like, when they were up, they played really well. I think the biggest you know deficit that that team had last year was quarterback. And yeah. to get Sam Hartman is such an upgrade over anything they had last year. So, People maybe don't watch Wake Forest. Sam Hartman's really good. And Notre Dame's going to have a classically good offensive line. They're going to have a good defense. They're going to have good special teams. I still have questions about the coaching and the post-Brian Kelly yeah. era. Post-Brian Kelly era. But in terms of weaknesses on this team, I don't know preseason, pre-flop what the weakness is. They look really good and I think I saw a stat, I might have even sent it to you, Ryan, that like 70% of the college playoff odds handle at BetMGM is on Notre Dame to make the playoff. Of all yeah. bets, 70% of the handles on Notre Dame. That seems a bit much to me, but I do think they're going to be really good. And Navy obviously can't simulate what Notre Dame is going to do uh, in their practices. So I do think I would lay the 20 and a half, and it's obviously a big deal for this to move from 21 and a half down to 20 and a half. Big, big difference there. Talking to Chase Kitty, BetMGM tonight. What do you think of this total for USC San Jose State? It's gone all the way up to 66.5 at BetMGM. I bet it. I bet the over one was down, I think, 63.5. So makes me feel a little better seeing it balloon the way that it is. 
It's week zero, I, especially after the line movement. It's probably under a pass for me. I mean, the, mm. it's, it, how much how much are we ascribing this to? Oh, it's Caleb Williams. It's it's Caleb Williams. It's Lincoln Riley's USC offense. Like, gonna be lots of points. This to me, especially because it's week zero and it's the reigning Heisman winner against you know San Jose State. Like, it, it reeks of we're up twenty eight to three at halftime and we're running out the clock in the second half. Like, mm-hmm. I, I just don't think this is going to be a fireworks show. I don't trust San Jose State's offense against USC's athletes on defense. I don't think USC is going to have some elite defense, but I think they could probably do some stuff against San Jose State's offense. So I, I, I think for me, probably maybe even like a first half over, but full yeah. game under and some kind of play uh, on that angle. And a lot of these have been hit hard, man. Like UMass down to six, six and yeah. a half point dogs. That was 10. Ohio got hit from three down to two and a half. Anything else that you like week zero or just a win total maybe that you really like to throw to the people or just a team you have circled? Uh, I would buy back on on the one you just mentioned there, New Mexico State. I think that game at one point, New Mexico State was ten and a half over yeah. UMass, and it's down to six and a half. I really like some buyback on that. New Mexico State is not a dead program anymore; like they're actually pretty decent, uh, and and I think they're going to be even better this year than they were last year. So I would easily lay six and a half with them over UMass. I think that's next to UTAP, maybe the best bet on the board for Week Zero. I, I would bet the New Mexico State. I would lay the New Mexico State points before I would lay the Notre Dame points. I'll put it that way. Uh, win total. How about if I go real? I, and I've got a bunch I'm gonna I'm gonna have for next week. But if you really want to go kind of weird and off the board, uh, I like the Kentucky over, and I like the Boston College over. The Kentucky yeah. over is kind of like not that interesting to talk about, frankly. Boston College, the ACC, is nuking divisions this year. And so the biggest beneficiary of that is a team like Boston College that was stuck playing in the Atlantic Division, had to play Clemson every year, had to play NC State every year. Now all of a sudden they get to play some of these coastal teams. I think you're going to see a team that was kind of irrelevant be slightly less irrelevant because of the scheduling quirks of divisional versus non-divisional scheduling. We're uh, we're probably going to either have a really good year or we're going to have a really bad year because we're on a lot of the same stuff. Yeah. Uh, go Devin Leary this season is all I'm going to say. Let's just get the seven wins for Kentucky. Yeah, I, th- I think that it could be a push candidate, but I think it's kind of a free roll because I think especially when you look at their non-con, it would be really shocking if they don't get to seven and five. I agree. I love them this season. Chase, only got like a minute. I want to squeeze one more NFL one in with you. The AFC North, we've been talking a lot about that on the show here today. How do you see that shaping out? I agree with everything Jeremy Kahn said last hour. Mm-hmm. He was really good for you guys, and I co-sign on all of it. I think the Browns are tot- – I mean, the whole division is slanted toward the Bengals, right? So there's kind of value everywhere else away from Cincinnati. I think the Browns are totally slept on it. 375 was the number last I saw. I would absolutely take that. I would take the Steelers. Uh, they're over their win total, which is currently yes. eight and a half. Yes, I, uh, I would. I would throw a dart on top of the win total for the Steelers to win the division at four fifty. I like Baltimore so much with all the changes they've made and Todd Monken in as, as OC. I took a flyer. One of the twenty uh, NFL futures was Baltimore to finish with the number one seed in the AFC because mm-hmm. I think so highly of them. And they were on track to get it last year before everything fell apart. I think it could easily happen again this year, even in a tough division. Thanks, yeah. man. I mean, we watched yeah, we watched that team, and it was just like, God, they got so much talent offensively. They could just keep them all on the field. Chase Kitty, bet MGM tonight. Always good talking to you. The Lion's Edge Podcast. Make sure you check it out. Thanks for coming on, buddy. Thanks, guys. Man. 
Everybody's in on the Ravens. Oh, yeah. As you should be. We oh, need yeah. Lamar Jackson to stay healthy. Please. It's Pet MG on the night.